so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Christian Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is chapter five of the Triggers Book Club series. And per usual, we have a special guest with us. Say something to the Mike Ledger. Well, he can't. He's on the floor. Because he's about to be seven months tomorrow and he's starting to grunt and pull himself around. And, you know, you're looking at me like nobody cares, but I feel like if how, somebody's... How, how'd you know? Our connection we're is just, something. We're there. I feel like if somebody's listened to this, they're probably a parent. So you know, you know your you marriage is good when you can say shut up without saying shut up. That's, ro- <laughs> that's really good. And, you know, I can probably <laughs> smack you without... Smacking me. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna smack you. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so um yes, apologies that he might be a little bit noisy in the background, but today we are talking about one of my personal biggest anger triggers. And what is that, babe? Whining and complaining. Whining and complaining. It's mine too. You know what? I can take a baby crying for hours on end. I can't more <laughs> more then I can handle a toddler or a child whining and complaining just continuously. That, just the constant moan. Like, like okay, yeah. So our four-year-old oh, is just constantly like, but hers is like a squeaky, squealy whine, and she doesn't well, let well, up. It definitely like pitches up and down and up and down. But the thing is, it, it's it's constant. It's kind of like it's kind of like if somebody was just like tapping your forehead and just kept tapping until <laughs> you explode. It's like it doesn't hurt at first, right? But then you just keep doing. I mean, I think I've heard in Chinese torture, literally they just drip water on somebody's head, right? That's and so like weird. just drips of water ends up being like terrible because they have like whatever. It's yeah, it's kind of trippy. Weird. But anyway, so legitimately Yes, her whine, her moan, her everything is squeal. Like there's like a ear piercing, and then our five year old though, you know, you shouldn't have expectations, but I have expectations that she because she's really smart and she's really responsible in a lot of ways, and so when she whines and complains, it almost throws me off track. I'm like, you aren't. I don't feel like you're supposed to be acting like that, and it's over stuff, you know, dude, over stuff like. This kid's whining and complaining food. right now. Right, he's like, I do not want to be on the Shush, floor. Right child, now. she whines about things like food. Right? She hit me. She's mocking me, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like- which, which I always say, I don't, I don't know. I mean, really, the solution to mocking is what, guys? Just shut up. Just don't say anything. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you haven't figured that out as a parent, um, there you go. There's a free one. Really for you. hard for them to do. <laughs> It's really hard for them to do, for um, our kids to do because she'll is. just keep going. Yes, and yeah, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. And then, so in this chapter, Wendy is the author, and one thing that she talks about is the art of the uh oh. And I don't know if that's what she actually calls the it. Art but of the uh oh. Tell tell us about that. Well, so let's think about it this way. Let's say our kid's doing something wrong. We have a couple different avenues we can go down. One would be like, "Hey, stop." The other one would be would scream their name. Uh, the other one would would be just to like kind of Stop get their whining, attention physically. Yeah, uh, us wanting to complain back to them, right? But what she talks about is a pattern interrupt of uh oh, and it becomes something where I I kind of feel like the tonality of that is probably also a pattern interrupt. The tonality. The tonality. You like that? Oh, I feel fancy. like my vocabulary has improved lately. Because right? you're reading. Read with us. Read. 
Oh, true. You're right? reading. I mean, yeah, I feel like I get smarter. I mean, you do get smarter when you yeah. read. And we're on the mic frequently now, so it's easier. I think our ums and ahs and stuff are pretty pretty taken care of. That you know. Valley Girl like we're getting there. in that Midwest yeah, no, yeah, though. The yeah, no, yeah is still very, very there. Yes. Very there. Very there. Very present. Well, I think I think what makes sense about that to me, the, the whole uh-oh thing is that it is the sound that you naturally make with little ones Dude, whenever is grabbing at the mic. Whenever they, you know what? I think people wouldn't hear as much if you didn't call it out. I, I feel like they have to be able to hear that. Okay. All right. Anyway, Go ahead. Anyways. So I kids, you know, when they fall down, when they're babies or they do something, they throw their fork down. It's very common to be like, uh Oh, and it kind of lets them know that they made a mistake. With you know what I mean, like almost lets them come to their own epiphany, like oh, like uh oh, Lena, you have a marker and it's on the wall, mm-hmm. uh oh, or the couch. That's her thing. Anything that's not paper, yes. truly, right. pretty much, pretty much, yeah. So it becomes a good pattern interrupt. It's it's a very simple thing we can do and start to integrate into our vocabulary, and also it's easy to replace with just freaking out and getting mad because I feel like you can say uh, a lot of different ways, right? You can, you you can really get ticked and Mm -hmm. like show a like, uh Oh, like get really, really mad. Like, like, Oh, that's um, real mad. I'm I'm about to punch you in the throat. Whoopsie days. Yeah. Punch you in the throat. (laughs) I don't know. Don't call, don't call child protective services, please. He's, he didn't mean that. It's okay. The censorship gods are already out in full force. Anyway. So yes. Anyway. So the, the, uh Oh, a good pattern interrupt. Like we talked about something to use. Very important. Now let's push into the piece of the puzzle where we're like, okay, so look, you guys talk about how we have to grow ourselves. We talk about how if we're triggered by something, we have to clean this up ourselves, right? We're we're the, we're the adults. So how would we biblically approach that, John? Okay, Chris, I'm going to tell you. Ledger, you got something to say? The biblical. So Wendy tells us that the biblical response to whining and complaining, she's got three answers. Number one is to behave right when they behave wrong. And let me tell you, this is something that slaps me in the face and convicts me on the daily because there is such a hypocrisy. There is such a hypocrisy of trying to discipline their whining and complaining or grumbling with our own whining and complaining and grumbling. But is that not such a natural response when you're just frustrated to let out yes. like Ugh, and like you're and, and even we talked about in the last episode even provoking them by mocking them because you're like oh yeah you know like doing it back to them but how in the world do we expect that and i'm talking to us right now to teach them any know. kind of a lesson if we're modeling the same behavior it's true it's hard it's it, it's it's actually been harder lately than it has been for a while. Truthfully, I don't know if it's just the fact that we are, we have some level of influence over this podcast and speaking this stuff from the book out to you guys. But I mean, literally, we're trying to learn ourselves. I feel like we go through seasons and lately we've just been losing our ever-loving minds. It, I, It's almost like as a test. I definitely don't believe in jinxes. However... A couple weeks ago, I had the audacity, please don't ever do this, parents, to tell Chris that I felt like in some ways, parenting, some ways it was getting a little bit easier because we had, like, for instance, bedtime. We have been so consistent with our bedtime routine now for uh, over a year now. And so most nights they go to bed pretty easily. We don't have to do any kind of crazy charades. It's just... 
the routine and we tuck them in and we say goodnight. We walk out and they fall asleep on their own. Well, I had the nerve to say that probably two weeks ago. And the last two weeks have been miserable at bedtime. And the end of the night, I would say that either Chris or I... Mainly Chris Dude, um, has been I've throwing been his own temperature down. Yes, I've just been so frustrated. It's been terrible because it's usually not whining, complaining. It's usually a little more extreme than that. It's just extreme whining, complaining. not listening, screaming, getting Demanding upset, all things. that. Yeah, just it's just stalling. The, the human brain can only take so much. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a heck of a lot. But yes, you're right. We we do have to realize that we can't come back at them with the same. Uh, I guess sin that they come at us with, and from a, a biblical perspective, like we have to realize that we're we're the leaders. You know, we we are the leaders, no matter how much we want to be in that moment or not. Yeah, we have to continue to remind ourselves on the daily, on the shoot, on the minute. Oh, okay, not sure. On the minute that we are supposed to represent to our children, what God is to us. And that is a really, really uh, high standard to live up to. So thank God for grace and the ability to show it to our children and humble ourselves whenever we don't do it. So she talks about the way that we can behave right when they behave wrong is we can remember to minister to them from our serene authority. That's such a I don't, I don't feel serene most days no, um, and realizing that they are learning to mature and we have to teach them and we cannot teach them if we are just coming from a place of I'm the parent and that's why. And that's really hard to do. It is hard. And lately I've had to drop some apologies at times where I haven't wanted to drop apologies because Lola's in the stage where she is, we have to start, you know, kind of sharing with her like, Hey, it's really important to, to apologize for things and understand that like when we do things, we have to make them right. And so in teaching her that I realized like, Oh shoot, I got to do that too. (laughs) And so it's been, it's been, it's been humbling lately. I would say the past week I've had to apologize before they go to bed, like at least four times. Which I want to say, I'm really proud of you for, because that's, that's not something I think in a, when we first started having kids, you definitely would have never been on board with this. Like that's snowflake. And I'm sure there's somebody listening like, wait, you're apologizing to your children. Cause that's just not what many of us were raised with the idea of looking. I think there's a fear of looking weak or soft or like you're not the authority, but I totally argue that it shows them that we are human and we make mistakes too. And mm-hmm it teaches them the lesson of wait, okay, if dad, dad was said something not nice to me, but he apologized and asked for my forgiveness. Like I want to be like dad, you know? So it, well, yeah, it, it definitely makes things a little bit more real. And I mean, just, just yesterday I was in a terrible mood and Lola was losing her ever lover mind and whining and complaining. It really frustrated me. So I put her in her room and then I told her like, I, I didn't, like, you know, when you go to get them because you can't keep them in there for like ever, but you're not ready to get them, but you know it's time to get them because they're just still too little to be in there for a long time. So it was one of those where I walked in like in a bad mood, didn't want to get on her level, didn't want to play those games, like just wanted to kind of be up where I am at and just not not do those things. And I was like, hey, are you ready? Like, can, can you just be cool now? Okay, come on. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we walked out of the room 
it's not usually how I handle it. And then as we walked down the steps, I was telling her, I was like, I was like, I don't understand why you got so upset, you know, not making eye contact with her, her back's turned to me, whatever. It's like, I don't understand what, why, why you think Lindley did this wrong or whatever, when you did this wrong, um, which obviously wasn't the right way to go about it. And she just like screamed at me and I picked her up, scooped her up. She screamed bloody murder, like she's dying. And I picked her up and I went to put her back in her room. And then you, you came up the steps and you're like, look, like this is too heated. Go just take some time. Think like relax, just calm down, pray like before you go back in there. And I did not want to do it. I, I, I so badly, so badly just want to be like, just leave me alone. And I was like, whatever. So I went and I sat in there and I was like, God, come on, man. Like, I don't feel like doing this. This is stupid. Just kind of help me like get it together. (laughs) And then, um, I went in there and I got down on her. I didn't want to, but I went and I got, did you want to do this? I did not. Um, but I went and I got down on her level and I reached my arms out and I did not want to hug her. (laughs) And she came to give me a hug. And then I just started to like explain to her like what was up and why she can't act that way and stuff. And then I, and then kind of how she, she talks about here and the whole point I'm getting at here is she talks about how we use God's word, not as a hammer, but as a scalpel, almost like a surgeon, just being very, being, being very gentle and precise and pointed. And I grabbed her and I was just like, Hey, like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have yelled at you or whatever. I was just upset, blah, blah, blah. And I started kind of like bringing into a lesson in, in for her. I was like, look, here's the deal. I know you don't want to walk out of this room and feel better. I didn't want to walk in here and talk to you. Like, <laughs> truthfully, I was just being honest with her, you know? And I was like, but God, I always say Jesus because she's kind of t- still trying to get the hang of all that. But I'm just like, look, Jesus doesn't want us to act like this. He wants us to treat each other with respect. And he, he knows that you don't want to do the right thing right now, but he can help you do the right thing. And she's like, okay. And she kind of softened up and everything. And we're able to like hug it out and pray and all that stuff. And it was better, you know? And I felt like I did use my authority as a scalpel and not a hammer, if you will, even when I didn't want to. But I think the moral of the story was God helped me do that uh, in being able to have that conversation with her. So Sometimes you don't feel like it, but it's almost like when you start doing it, you get the strength to do it the right way. Well, I think like she that says was, that here. That was a little long-winded, wasn't it? It was a little bit long-winded, Sorry. but that's fine. She, I think that that's part. So I'm going to read the, her quote. She's, Wendy says, God's word was never meant to be the hammer in the hand of an angry parent, but a surgeon's scalpel used in tandem with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I think what you said was perfect there because you went away to ask for help you, you you made me i did i did because i know you know part of it is this this actually is keep not only is doing this making parenting harder because i think we're being challenged yes. but this is holding us accountable because i'm thinking okay what just happened right now is absolutely not what we're learning in this book and it's not what we're teaching that we're learning in this book and so we can't confidently go get on the mic and act like we've got it all together and we're doing this if we're not going to follow the steps even when we don't want to. Right. 
which is why we talked about how books breed accountability. When you're both reading the same book right. and learning the same thing or listening to this podcast together, then you can be like, hey, don't you remember that one chapter? Like, oh. Yeah. And I mean, it sucks because in the moment, you obviously don't hear that. You're frustrated. You're, you don't want to be coached in that Did I mention I did not want to Like you, you did not want to do it. <laughs> but you know, I, like I said, oh, I think what was so important annoying. there is was in tandem with the Holy Spirit. And that's why you yes. had the strength and hu- the humility and the grace to be able to go and have yes. that conversation. So she also talks about how we can't play, plant seeds in hard soil and how so many parents want to use scripture to shame their child. You know, mm. the chapter that talks or the verse talks about, you know, you, thou shalt obey and stuff. Um in the middle of the battle, but instead we should be planting seeds lovingly when things are calm. It's okay to take your own parent time out. And I know for me in, in an adult uh, conversation that I'm heated in, in a child moment, like I, that's important for me to go and collect myself because if I have a second ledger, if I have a second to go, breathe and pray, I'm going to respond way better than if I respond in that moment when my trigger has happened and I am, you know, my blood is boiling. Nobody's going to respond well in that. So don't feel like you can't just walk away from it and just say, you know what, mommy's going to, or daddy's going to go in here for a minute and then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about how to handle this. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes you just got to step away. I don't uh yes so it is oh yes it is it it is hard it is frustrating and and it it is not one of those things where it works all the time but you know it is kind of one of those things where you're like well uh if i don't do this i know exactly what's going to happen and if i at least try there's a chance i can get this together we lied by the way this is chapter six is it really yeah dog what is wrong with us what's wrong with you jeez um okay so so far we've got one behave right when they behave wrong because who likes a hypocrite nobody two use god's word like a scalpel not a hammer and three act like a child of god what's that mean chris well she talks about how we are to take our focus off of our kids behavior and fix our eyes on our own hearts. And I think that when I kind of reflect on even the conversation I had with Lola, as much as I wanted to point out what she did wrong and then apologize, I actually chose to apologize to her first, which again was not exciting. It was not exciting. (laughs) I was just trying to word something different than I didn't want to, but yeah. So I was just like, Hey, give me a hug. Sorry. I yelled at you, you know? And I think that broke the walls down a little bit. And kind of helped her realize like, hey, I make mistakes too. And we're all going to make mistakes. And daddy's just human. Kind of, what's that Shane and Shane song you say? Mm. Uh, what is it? The one you need. The right? one you if, need. If, if you guys have out. never heard that song, it's a really, really good like testament for a father and trying to raise their kids up in a relationship with God. Because his his lyrics are beautiful. I mean, they basically just talk about like, look. I'm, I'm flawed. Like I'm, I'm not worthy of being a savior. Like Jesus is for you. And I'm not, I'm not worthy of, of being your heavenly father. Like the father you have, I'm going to make mistakes. Like Jesus is the one you need type of thing. And it's a, it's a really, really good song. You guys should check it out. It's by Shane and Shane. I just put the lyrics. The one you need. I wish that I could be your everything. Be the one who gives you all the things you need. Sometimes I'm going to let you down. 
yeah, I'm not going to sing all this because Chris will be quick to tell you I cannot sing. Heck no. It's just, you know, <laughs> I just, I'm really upset about that because I could totally be in a worship band right now. I would love to be on stage right now, but God just was like, nope, you're going to have the voice like, um, you know, those birds on the little mermaid. <laughs> The, the scuttle, you know, when he gets like in the middle of the kiss the girl song, and he jumps in. That's what I would say. My voice sounds like. I don't remember, well, babe, you got the looks, but yes, the voice fleed okay, you. Okay, brownie points. <laughs> so in talking about acting like a child of God, Wendy quotes Philippians 2, 14 and 15 and asks, uh, says, ask yourself, have you, have you applied this verse to your own life, which is do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God? Um, talk about conviction. I grumble and complain on the daily about all the things I have to do yes. and about how my children don't listen. And um, Well, take it back to the sermon yeah. we even heard recently at church. Yes. He, was, he was talking about perspective. It's like, you know. Might complain about whatever, but realize, like, wow. For instance, actually, just recently, I was sweeping the kitchen. I was like, oh, I sweep this kitchen every night. It's just the same thing. Monotony, monotony, monotony. So frustrating. And I'm sitting here sweeping our beautiful kitchen, thinking to myself, like, you know, there was a time just a few months ago, like, I thought we were going to lose this house. And I was like, crap. Uh, and I was looking at this house in a very different light. And then as soon as I got the security of having the house back, I started taking it for granted again. Mm -hmm. But then it just hit me. I was like, dude, you're sweeping a kitchen floor. You weren't sure if you could be sweeping. You, Ooh, you might you have been sweeping preach. a lot different size sweeping of a floor. Floorboards in the car. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. And then we, we get frustrated about our kids. And it's like, you know what? God blessed you with the ability to be able to have four healthy, beautiful kids. It's like, what the heck? You know, it's true perspective. It's hard in those moments. Our pastor was talking about, um, you know, especially for us stay at home moms. Sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to, Ledger. it's just hard. That's what it is. It's just hard. Um, but he talks about praise. He was talking about praising God, even in the monotony of the day. And I've actually seen people during this trend on TikTok. Thank God for something that is actually uplifting on social media every now and then um, where it's while you're picking up or folding your kids laundry or picking up their toys or putting your husband's plate in the sink or whatever, something you would normally want to complain about instead take that moment as a reminder to pray for them in that moment and, or to thank God for them or, you know, so I've been, I'm not, perfect dad but since then i have been trying in those moments when i catch myself to be like you know thank you. i so here's an example i freaking despise meal planning she hates it you guys so much i cook for the six of us well ledger doesn't need a whole lot of cooking yet but i still have to plan out his stuff now as he starts to eat the six of us and plus my parents and then my nephews with them a few days a week so at least nine people and i have to plan for the week and we try to eat well. So it's not easy planning where I can just say pizza, taco, spaghetti, hamburger helper, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. no, just, I have to really plan around allergens and all this crap. Right. Anyways, let me bring it down. It takes me a really long time and my brain just doesn't, is not wired in the way to figure out all the details and the money and the portions. Cause I don't measure anything and it's just really stressful. So, I had the conviction the other day when I was complaining about doing that and complaining about having to go into the grocery store and yada, yada, yada to just think like, okay, instead I'm just going to say, God, 
thank you that we have the finances right now to go buy this healthy food. Thank you that my parents live down the street and I have the opportunity to serve them by helping out um, with trying to feed them well, even though it's hard, you know, thank you that I have a home and a kitchen and the, and the ability to stay home and a husband that stays home or works from home. So I can do this as stressful as it is and the dishes to make the mess and the dishes to make the mess so that I can clean it up and thank you again. <laughs> so I can clean it up. The, yeah, it's true. Well, so I think what's interesting about this episode is you click on it and you're like, how do I solve my kids whining and complaining? And what's interesting is the kids are too young to understand perspective. It's very hard to like, I'll give you guys an example on Saturday. John was like, Oh, let me make you guys a big, delicious breakfast and she made a really really good delicious breakfast and as soon as we get done with it lola's like mom why didn't you make this and john was like what i i made you a big old breakfast why would you want that and she just kind of like rolled her eyes and walked away and i was like do you understand like there are very few kids who have a breakfast like this per year you know what I mean? And get to sit at the table yeah. with their parents with, and their siblings. With their family and, together yeah. who are married. I, like, come on, man. Like, there's so much you should be grateful for. But then I, I just realized, like, dude, she's five. She doesn't get it. You know, we we just put a beautiful playhouse under the t- under the basement playhouse. Like, put a floor down in the basement. Just made, like, a huge playroom for the kids in the basement to just destroy with a you know, ball pit, the whole nine yards, the hanging swing, Freaking all this cool zone. stuff, right? Yeah, it's amazing. And the kids complained the other day because they're like, well, you know, Kinley and Benjamin have this, you know? And I'm just like, what? Like, are you guys con- They're already starting the comparison. Yeah. Like, oh, well, game. that's really cool. But they have a... No, th- Kinley has Legos. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have Legos. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, I are you hate serious? Legos. You There's too many little pieces. You don't understand. But anyway, point is, they, they don't understand perspective. And so we go into this episode saying, how do we get our kids to stop whining and complaining? All we can do is focus on the pattern interrupt and focus on ourselves and how we continually show them perspective with our own attitudes. Yeah. She says, like she says, take our frazzled focus off our children's behavior and fix our eyes on our own hearts. And that's really hard to do. It always comes back to this. I know each time you click on an episode, you're like, tell me how I'm going to fix them. How am I going to fix them? And and it's not. Nope. It's continue to work on your own self. And Chris and I had that hard. talk the other night. We're like, okay. All of our kids are acting out in some way right now. What are we doing wrong? Where, what's going on with our hearts? What's going on with our focus, our time, our food? You know what I mean? It all it almost always comes back to that. Yeah, it's true. So there you go. You want to solve whining and complaining? Use the pattern interrupt when necessary. Uh oh. And then uh, we got to point the mirror back to us. Behave right when they behave wrong. Use God's word like a scalpel, not a hammer. And act like a child of God. Boom. Boom. All right. Well, I think that wraps this one up. Uh, If you have not gotten the book yet to read along with us, there's still time. I think there's 30 chapters, right? This is a month long. Mm -hmm. Well, that's 30 weeks. We might have to speed up. I don't want to commit to anymore. It is going really fast. Or, uh, it is. Wait, are there 30 chapters and we're only on chapter six? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because it's supposed to be, I think it's a chapter a day, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we might have to um, speed this up because it takes them 30 weeks to finish this book, right? They need the parenting stuff now. We'll we'll talk about that. We're not going to commit because we're also (laughs) starting another podcast. If you haven't heard, be on the lookout. It has not released yet at the time of our recording. More than Sunday's podcast is going to be really, um, it's going to be really good. Yeah. And uh, I mean, let's be real. We haven't even 
gotten the name applied on Apple yet. <laughs> so it could be a different name. You oh never boy. know. Yeah, we got That's just how we live our lives, just, man. You know, Hopefully you guys are cool with it. Spontaneity. <laughs> so this was chapter six. You still have time to get the book. We link the book in each one of these book club episode show notes. Go ahead and grab it so you can read along with us. Because we try not to give you every single detail of the chapter yeah. because we, there's a lot of... We really don't. Actually. No, there's a lot of value in the author's um, Amber and Wendy in yes. our writing and their in their own scenarios. It's good to hear from other people besides us, but this is just what we're pulling out of it. Yeah. So go get it. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself Gray Marriage Book Club series. If this episode on whining and complaining brought you value, helped you out, helped you um how is going to help you you feel become a better parent, go ahead and share it with your other parent friends and make sure you subscribe to the show and last but not least i feel like i'm talking a whole lot by the look on your face it's fine you're sir. gonna keep going you can text us at there's no ice outside bye. right now and a little girl's running down the sidewalk i was just trying okay. trying to see if she's okay <laughs> squirrel um squirrel. 513-620-4333 you can text us uh the next idea you'd like next book you want us to read you can text us a review questions maybe we'll shout you out on the podcast just maybe just maybe so uh yeah thanks guys <laughs>